Hello, everybody, and welcome to Libromancy, a podcast about the magic of books. I'm Josh, and today I'm going to be talking about In the Shadow of Lightning by Brian McClellan. So let's glass dance with the magic of books. Now, first off, I just have to say this was an amazing book. You know, previous to this, I'd read some books that I didn't 100% love, and so I just read them slower, and I was beating myself up about it, man, Josh, you got to get back into reading, you know, a little faster. There's so many books that you're, you're going to be missing if you can't pick up the speed. Well, it turns out it's just the books. I, uh, if I like the book, I'll, I'll definitely find any and every excuse to read it. Um, you know, even to the detriment of myself and, uh, other things. So in the shadow of lightning by Brian McClellan was great. It was amazing. I loved every minute, every second that I was reading it. I literally could not put this book down sometimes. Not that I ever wanted to really put it down, but sometimes I had to, and it was tough. Uh, And I pretty much opened my phone to start reading it again as soon as I could. So it was just a a great book. Starting to get into non-spoilery, just talk about it. Like I loved the characters. They were so good. I loved the plot. You start with one thing then you go to another and another and then you're like well what this is great like this oh i just have to talk about this prologue though this prologue was amazing it instantly hooked me on the main character i instantly knew i was going to love everything that happened the magic system is well explained and well thought out but still soft enough that like you don't know everything that could happen or every possible interaction but you know how things generally work. So I I really, really like that. Back to the characters, though. You know, we're in the heads of a couple characters. I really felt like each one was distinctive. I just loved being in their heads all the time. And I really want to talk about the spoilers, but I, I'm going to try not to first. So, you know, his writing, I thought Brian McClellan's writing was really good. I did feel like it was better than when he wrote the Powder Mage series, which is not a bad thing. Like, he's had time to grow. He's had years between them. Like, if he hadn't improved, it would be a little different. But I just felt like the writing was great. There's a lot of chapters, but the chapters are generally... I'm not going to say they're short chapters, but they're not like overly long chapters. And I liked I liked that each chapter was its own character. I generally do not love character transitions in like the middle of a chapter unless it's very obvious but then that kind of induces its own page breaks and stuff so I like that each character kind of was a chapter and in general you'd switch off in between everyone and I really liked that I didn't feel like there were any bad writer's tricks to keep me invested in the uh what was going on? Uh, the most well-known, I think, would be the trope of, uh, the, the trick of ending your chapter on a cliffhanger where you don't know what's going to happen next or you know kind of what's happening next, but they cut you off right at that crucial moment, cutting you off from some information, then you have to turn the page and see what's going to happen. And then, of course, you want to keep reading. So I really didn't feel like there were any of those kind of tricks in there, but tricks that were good you know just keeping me invested in the characters keeping me excited for their missions and their the things that they were doing just it was great the plot like i said you know looking back on it it, you can clearly see the whole thing kind of stretched out in front of you but while you're in the thick of it you're going from well this to this to this of course because you know things are going to happen and you never know where a book's going to take you but when i look back at this i don't look back and think 
well, that went somewhere I really wasn't expecting. You know, it, it went, it led me right along to it until near the end, of course, and we'll get into that into some spoiler stuff, but just very good. You know, like I said, I really loved the magic system. I loved, I like that he explained a little bit. He had a little fact sheet in the front just saying, this is this, this is this. It's nothing that you can't pick up when you're reading it. And if you skip it, you're not going to miss anything. But having it ahead of time really just speeds up your immersion in the world. And then you know, because sometimes it's a little clunky to be like, and this is what this magic piece does that I've only used 47,000 times and I'm a master at. And so if you're looking at that, you're like, well, why would he just say that? You know, he obviously knows what it does. Obviously, it's for us, but that is, you know, what it is. So I, like I said earlier, I am super, super excited for all the next books in this series. I, I just can't believe, I just am so excited for this. It was great. But let's just get into the spoilers. And let me just again say, this is going to be full spoilers for the whole book. We're going to jump around a lot because... This book makes you jump around a lot, not in a bad way, but in a great way. Um, but we're going to start off with characters. We're going to start with Demir Grepo. I call him Grepo, Demir. But uh, he's our main, main character. I just love the prologue where he's the general. He's the, the super smart guy. He's using his wet glass to think about plans and plans and plans. You know, if my A plan fails, we'll go to my B plan. But if my B plan, you know, succeeds you know, middles or fails, then I have three sets of plans for them. And he's just like, I've got it all. I figured it out. And they're like, okay, now you got to destroy the city. Like, you know, kill every, kill one in 10 people. And he's like, oh no, I'm better than that. I'm not going to say, kill anybody. You know, I'm going to save the city. We're going to take our complaints to the assembly where he works in the politics just so well. We're like, you're never really focused on exactly what the assembly does or who's in it kind of are a little bit, but like, it's never the focus, but you still understand enough to know what's going on. And then the city gets sacked and he freaks out and he's trying to save people and he's trying to stop it and he can't. And then, you know, it clearly says like his mind broke and it was just like, oh my gosh, you have me hooked. I want more, you know. So you read it and you see stuff and then he keeps going on and then he comes back because his mom died, of course. And he's like, I have to make this right. I have to, you know, I basically am going to find her killers and make them pay. And it's just like, yeah, I love a good revenge. But then his character grows and he changes and he's like, you know what? I don't need the wit glass. Like I, I can do it on my own, which granted the wit glass makes him smarter and he probably can't do it exactly like he could on his own. But, you know, he, he understands that like I am not who I was in the past. I'm better. I've grown more. I don't have to use the wit glass if I don't need to. Obviously, also because it still hurts him because he's still kind of broken. But he learns things. He changes. He's trying to grow. Ah, it's so amazing. Uh Talk about Baby Montego. I keep wanting to call him Montenegro. I don't know why. But Baby Montego is awesome. The world's famous, most famous pugilist. Uh, Bad just beats people up and stops people. And it's so amazing. And I have to give uh, Brian McClellan a little credit here. You know, never in my days did I think I would read a book where the main char- where a character is named Baby. And it wouldn't be weird. And it wasn't weird, though. He pulled it off. It was great. I mean, it's a little odd the first couple of times you hear it, but then it's like, no, that's uh, that's just it. It is. Um, you know, we never get any viewpoints from him, but I don't feel like we needed him because his character is pretty, like, not, you can't say that he's one-dimensional because he has desires and things. It's just, he doesn't need to be a main He doesn't need to have a point of view because it's not important. I just loved every scene with him. And we're going to skip straight to the end of the book. Uh, him killing the angry one. Oh, man, I was... Like, I wasn't literally jumping up in my seat, 
But if you could see my spirit or my soul, man, it was jumping and screaming and hollering when he gets to the end and he's like, because you took your eyes off of me, the world's best freaking gudgeless, you are dead. And he, you know, stabs him and kills him. And it's just like, yeah, yeah, that's it. Do it. Do it, baby Montego. Just brutalize this horrible creature from beyond that has tentacles and you've never seen before. That's a Euglid. And I was like, oh my gosh. That was the best. And then, of course, if we're going to talk about Baby Montego, we have to talk about Kize, who is a Vorsian, which is another family. Demir hires her to investigate the murder of his mother, even though the official investigation is closed and they're headed for war, which is partially also why Demir's back. You know, it's just, you know, and she starts searching and she finds clues and you know, it's never made unbelievable that like, oh yeah, she could easily find these clues when nobody else could. And it's like, no, she puts in the time, she puts in the work, you can see it, she tell you know, it's told to you. And you know that like the assembly investigation was just a farce, basically, to push this war. And, and Kessa, Kize, excuse me, and baby Montegro's, Montego's uh, relationship. And you're like, oh, they have a, like, it starts off like, oh, no, they don't like each other because they, they can't stand each other or something. And that turns into, it's like, no, they don't actually hate each other. They actually kind of like each other. And then it's like, and then you get the whole story. You're just like, oh, my gosh. So well done. So exciting. Um, Adrian, the breacher, I loved reading about him and him going in and being like, I have to save these people. And, you know, he makes the right decisions in the in war where he's like, maybe it's not the right decision, but it's generally the moral decision where, you know, no, I am going to save those people instead of just some guns. Like, you can always get more guns, but I can't get more people that I trust. I loved it. I loved seeing him fight ah, just everybody and everything. And, and then you learn that the God's Glass people, he is... Uh, resistant to the god's glass and seeing that he gets he has this god's glass eye of wit glass and that it basically prevents him from going insane and it's starting to fail is just like yeah that's amazing like and it, it adds such a depth to his character and you know i'm sorry we've only been talking about characters and i'm already like 12 minutes in but like i just loved it these characters were amazing so all right let's go a little bit faster here with the rest of these characters okay except for thessa we have to just finish out with thessa who is the forger's assistant and she's captured and then she rescues herself and demia rescues her so good i just loved her character that she's like she's just growing she's smart she's capable she's confident yeah, she's still put into situations that push her to an extreme and test her. You know, at the end when she blows up her Phoenix channel almost, and the lightning strikes, and she uses it to power it, and they have all their God's glass recovered, and they're like, "Oh, we're gonna go get those guys who betrayed us, and we are going to mess them up." And she's like, "Yeah, I'm going. Like, we're gonna do it." I just loved. I love her. Her start of a relationship with Demir. Like, it starts very slow and very subtle, and then it's kind of like, "Oh, maybe," but then you know, we learn. Oh, she's from Holocan, and she hates you know him. And they learn about that. And then I loved, loved this. That instead of just learning that he was the shadow, the the lightning prince and leaving and never talking to him again and never trying to resolve it. You know, she immediately goes to somebody she trusts, Idrian. And she's like, tell me what happened. You know, do you know anybody who was there who can tell me what happened? He's like, well, none of my crew were, but I was, I'll tell you. And then she's like, okay. I understand, like, it's, and we learn, obviously, that he's really not culpable for it. He did not order the sack at all. It was forged. And then, you know, she goes back right away to him and is like, hey, you know, obviously, we're not going to, like, 
ramp right back up to that romance level we were just at. But like, I forgive you. I like, it's okay. And they both grow together. Oh, it was so good. And then Aristanes, the schemer, the thinking one, the angry one, the conquering one. Oh, I loved it. The Euclids. I was like, because the first, like, okay, it's a murder mystery. Then it's not a murder mystery. It's a war story. Then it's a, we have to build the first Phoenix channel to recharge the God glass because we're running out of cinder sand. And it's all going to destroy. The world is going to destroy itself if that happens. And then you learn, oh, the Euclids are actually pushing for the destruction of the world. And they are horrible, scary tentacle beasts. Or at least one of them was. We don't know if they're all the same. And then there's these glass creatures flying, going around in the war, which was super crazy. And are they related? Are they not? I don't know. So I, I just, I don't know. This is so much stuff. It was so good. You know, and like I said earlier, we're going to get into the writing here. There were a lot of chapters, but I feel like they were generally short and it went really quickly. You read a couple chapters anytime you open the book. And I love, again, like that the character chapters were used to signal a character shift or a different perspective. And he does tricky a couple times with it where you're used to being like, oh man, okay, it's the end of the chapter. I'm going to leave this character and then you stay with them and then you leave again and you stay with another one. So it wasn't too predictable, but it was predictable in a comfortable way. Again, with the magic, I loved it all, like shackle glass, forge glass, fear glass, cure glass, milk glass. I mean, just amazing stuff. Omni glass, the Phoenix channel to revive, to, to re-resonate God's glass, which I mean, I just loved it all. It made total sense. And then they're always hooking it through their ears. And it's like, oh, that makes total sense. Because like, I don't know, you just, you can handle it in your hands, but it's not very effective. But if you have it in your ear, like you're not going to lose it. It's not going to drop off you. Now, somebody could try and cut it off of you or like pull it in a fight, but generally like you're, it's not going to happen that way. Like obviously you can make armor out of it and then it's always on you and you can use it. Like just so many little interactions that made it so hard yet soft and so good. So, you know, just like I said, with my investment of this book, I was I was in it wholesale from the prologue to the epilogue. And then the epilogue, you know, brings so many questions with the two Euclids arguing and saying like, no, you know, you're back out to destroy them again. Like, you always do this. It never works. Like, quit it. We can all live together. And he's like, no. So, uh, so many. I just can't. It was so many good books. So many good parts in this book. Excuse me. So, but I think that's going to be everything I have to say about... In the Shadow of Lightning by Brian McQuillan. Amazing book. You should all go out and read it if you haven't. Hopefully, if you've listened this long, you've already read it because I spoiled quite a lot of important things for this story. But, you know, thanks for listening, everybody. And thanks again to David Hillowitz for the intro and outro music. You know, if you have any questions or comments, things you think I should have said, you know, you can send those to libromancypod at gmail.com. And please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. It helps out a lot. And remember, to glass dance with the magic of books.